Welcome to the Be About It podcast. My name is Ben Mercedes and I'll be your host. We'll cover financial and crypto markets, real estate and entrepreneurship. My goal is to inspire others to be about it and take action. In episode 18, I sit with Ryan Snot and we discuss all things videography. He has a Facebook group with over 94,000 members. He has online education. Uh, he has his own video agency. He has experience from a previous large video agency where really large video projects would be pitched and landed. Uh, so this was a pleasure to sit with him and kind of talk through these things. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe before listening. So uh, today I have Ryan Snow on the show. He is a videographer, entrepreneur, and a teacher. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Ben. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So uh, we've been chatting on LinkedIn. Uh, I think your origin story is uh, comedy. Uh, I love your Facebook group. And um, yeah, I wanted to have you on here just to talk a little bit more about video production, a little bit more about strategy. Uh, and I really want to tell the chili story. Um, so why don't you just kind of run it back and uh, kind of tell us how you got started with uh, video production? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Ryan Snod. It rhymes with odd based here in central Iowa. I own a video marketing business called Snod Media Group. So that's kind of the main, main thing that I do here. Um, but I guess really how I started with video, I always tell my story is kind of starting um, in sophomore year of college, I worked at Target in the electronics department and there was a, a Canon T5 that was on sale, not even the T5i with the flip out screen, just like a really basic 1080p camera. So I ended up buying that on clearance when I worked there for about 500 bucks uh, my sophomore year of college and started shooting some videos around campus with it. And after about 12 months, I made about $10,000 with it. And I was like, holy cow, like this is just part-time for fun like when here and there i'm like what would happen if i actually like got better gear like did this more intentionally wasn't balancing full-time school and part-time working in social life and that type of stuff so fast forward to graduation i ended up getting a job with a production business here in uh in central iowa it's about 20 person employee business or so and we did really large scale productions for like grocery store chains um large ag companies berkshire hathaway energy was one of our big clients the warren buffett's company stuff like that um, had some amazing experiences. I was there for about four and a half years and I, I really headed up their marketing strategy, which is kind of important to this, this story. It's like my whole life was from agency world and marketing strategy. And I didn't even shoot videos at the video production company, which is kind of funny. Um, but I got some really cool experiences. You know, I'd be in sales meetings with um, some of these clients that were pitching a 30 second video. That's like a dollars $170,000 project for a 30 second video. And people always talk about sales and marketing. That's a, that's a big strength of mine compared to my colleagues in the industry. And it's from those experiences of just being a fly in the wall and hearing how to pitch those where the value is that type of thing. So fast forward to COVID. Um, after COVID, I was really uh, busy shooting and, and editing all the time, nights and weekends, um, just grinding all the time. I'd work my eight hours and then come home and put another four or five in the business at night. And then I'd work every weekend. And I took all my PTO to take out of town shoots. So I'd have clients from other states that say, Hey, can you fly out and shoot for me? So I'd take two days of PTO and my work, my coworkers would be like, how was your vacation? I'm like, it wasn't a vacation. I was literally working while I was gone. So it got to the point where I was bubbling over and decided it was time to make the jump to full time. So I uh, did that in 2021, uh, I believe. So it's been about two years or so since I've been full time, but been shooting for the last seven years or so. It's been really fun. Very cool. I'm in a uh, similar spot where I've been shooting for about that time. I quit my job in 18. Um, I have a wedding brand and I have a corporate brand. So the wedding brand just like immediately I was able to like quit my job. Um, I didn't want to, right? Because two incomes was better than one. Um, but, you know, sometimes push comes to shove and, you know, it, do you really want to, you know, work every day at your job, go home. For me, I had a family at the time. 
and kind of spend that time with the family and then stay up late editing and prospecting and then shooting on the weekend. So it was like spring to November. It was challenging. Um, Absolutely. No, I totally agree. It's like, it's just like, you got to make the right fit for you. And at the time it was yeah. just my wife and I, and now we have a, our son's about eight months old now. So it's well, congrats, like, man. thanks. Thanks. And I, I decided to make the jump right when she was pregnant and all of her family was like, this is the biggest risk. Why would you ever do this? Here's the no good. I can't believe he's quitting the job. Yep. But I, I mean, I'm so risk averse. Like, I mean, for two years I was making more than my full-time income from the side stuff, but I was just afraid to jump. And then I talked to a bunch of people. They're like, dude, you're in such a better spot than I was. And now I've yeah. got five employees and we're doing a million in revenue. Like you should do what I did. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't know. It, it was just one of those things. Like it had to fit for me and I was ready to do it. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. We usually, what people say is, Hey, save up, you know, six months expenses and, and give it your best shot. I mean, if you have more of a nest egg than that, it's, it's almost like no risk, you know, worst comes worse. Right. You go back and get a new job. Exactly. Um, which you exactly. can do at any point. So, um, let's, I want to dig in because marketing and strategy is important to what we do, right? We create videos for companies and we pass that video to them, but maybe their team in marketing sucks, right? And so they're going to take this $10,000 video or videos that we've created for them. They have no strategy for them. They're not going to put those videos to work. And now they're going to say, oh, um, I don't think video is a good investment or I don't think Ryan's a good investment. Talk to me about the importance of like full scale strategy on implementing video into a company's marketing efforts. Sure. No. And I love that question because that's really the the cornerstone of what I try to focus on because I see that as a huge issue in the industry. It's like we'd make this really dope video and then I've had clients that don't even post it, don't share it because they just don't know what to do with it. So I always start with kind of like the baseline of like, what are you doing from a marketing perspective right now before we start digging into how we're going to use this? And a lot of times people try to sound more sophisticated than they are because they just want to have that, you know, it's the ego thing, right? But sometimes I'll just say, hey, if we've never done this before, we kind of go through the baby steps and say, okay, are we going to put this on your website? How can we put it everywhere that you want to go? So I usually start with my my structuring is um, like some of my, my foundational stuff is I have the thing called the VIP or the video importance pyramid that I built out. So it's basically like a food pyramid with the foundational stuff is on the bottom. And as you go to the top, um, things get less important. Most people, when they come to me about a video, they want to do social media micro content. Like, hey, let's shoot a quick 30 second video for Facebook post it, you get five likes and it's like, well, crap, video is a complete waste of time. <laughs> so we try to avoid that, like the plague. Like I, I always, tr I, tr I follow this process that I always do called the VIP. So the bottom foundational piece is the anchor video. So it's like a video business card, promo video, like who you are, what you do in two minutes or less, like that type of video. Cause you can use that for five or more years. You can use it 12 plus different places, your website, your email signature, if you have a career fair, if you have a sales meeting, like you can use it everywhere, right? Work at events, LinkedIn. Anytime I meet someone, I take that. Hey, I don't have business cards. I have a video business card. What's your LinkedIn? Let's connect. I'll send it to them right then and there. And exactly. It's more engaging. So exactly, hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. And the great thing about a VBC is it's it's for everybody. It's like the it's the handshake, high five, nice to meet you. Who are you? What do you do? Type thing. So that's the most important one. If you only do one video, do a video business card, and that's the that's the one that I would tell people. Then we kind of go up and the next step for me is sales videos. So I love interviewing customers, happy customers specifically, <laughs> and uh, people that have great experiences and they can share their story and you can use that as sales collateral. Um, the big the big reason why that's not the most foundational is because you're only gonna use that like 20% or less of the time because it's for warm leads that want to close, right? But super important because if you use that, they'll close and you can make sales and, and drive revenue. So that's great. Um, then the next step above, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, so that's sales videos. Then the next step I go is social proof. So those are like 
again, interviewing um, customers about their experience. And that could be employees, that could be just people in the company, how the company was started. It's kind of the mushy-gushy, awesomeness, emotional feel of the business. Um, then we move into search videos, which is really tailored towards YouTube. So how do we make searchable content? Either TikTok search is really getting big right now. Uh, YouTube search, try and make content that's topical that people can seek out. You know, if you're a plumbing business in in my town, like Des Moines, Iowa, and I make Des Moines, Iowa plumbing fix or something like that, something that people would find on Google or YouTube, that's a good topical thing as well because there's some longevity there, but not the biggest impact. And then at the very tippy top, like the sugar rush of the entire pyramid is micro contents, like posts on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, that type of thing. But trying to, if people want to do that, I really, really try to lean into batch shooting. So then you're getting the most bang for your bucks. You're not getting literally 15 second video for $2,000. You're like, well, this was a complete waste of money and time. It's like, we want to avoid that a lot. So, right. And, and so with those, are you, are you uh, taking on the Facebook lead management and the Instagram, like paid ads management things? I have in years past, and I've actually steered away from it just because most people's expectations of results with running ads is, is crazy. And I try to manage expectations, but it's really hard because people think I'll put in a dollar in the machine, I'll pull the lever and $5 comes out. And if that doesn't happen, people's expectations are very low. Um, I've had people on retainer that I've done ads for, and most don't last more than six months because they just don't understand how the ad circulation works, you know? Um, but I, I think that's definitely a piece that if you can do it well and have case studies, then definitely offer that for people. But for us and for our business, it's just been um, something we've been really trying to do. But it's, again, it's just managing expectations to make sure people understand what's realistic. So absolutely. Yeah, I was having a conversation with my dad who has a restaurant that he's leasing out and he's thinking about taking it over. And so back, you know, a decade ago, we had a small restaurant together and um, this was before, you know, TikTok, Instagram ads, those things. And, you know, mail-in ads were good, right? Take the zip code of the business, send everyone a mailer, and then your business is going to go up now with Facebook ads and those things. It's like, you can target those people, but it doesn't mean that there's going to be a line around your store. Like there has to be a commitment to, you know, excellence in your business first and foremost. And then secondly, a commitment to consistent video creation and posting um, to really kind of generate that buzz, I believe. So I'm with you a thousand percent. I love producing. I have a few like long-term partners who, um, you know, we, we shoot frequently. We just did a campaign for a restaurant up here. It's a new restaurant, part of a hospitality company. We shot all of their meals, um, from, you know, from scratch to basically when they're plated. And, um, now they have, you know, 15 videos from that. And it's just like, I love batch shooting where it's like one day of full content when it's food, we get to eat good. Right. And then they get a ton of awesome videos. So I, I usually try to stress the importance of batch shooting multiple videos because one video is not going to move the needle, right? The, that, that VBC is going to, you know, live where it's going to live about a section, LinkedIn, YouTube, those things. But people want to go on the offense with video. It's like they have to commit to a video strategy, um, with multiple assets. So, um, if we could, let's go back to the aha moment because I, I watched your video on LinkedIn and it, I literally laughed out loud uh, and I could see it play out like a movie. So let's let's go back to the chili uh, story and uh, let's talk about that. Sure. No, I love that. So the the chili story, I always talk about this chili explosion that changed my life. Great little uh, email that I sent out to people. And they think I'm joking. I'm like, I swear this is a true story. I have tons of stories like this, but I was 19 at the time. I was in college, freshman year of college, trying to get an internship in Des Moines here in the city. Couldn't find anything because everybody was looking for juniors and seniors. So went back home and my mom helped me get a job at a meat plant of all places. 
where we made like processed chili, uh, little smokies. Uh, you don't want to know what goes in some of those things, the hot dog creation process. <laughs> but uh, so lo and behold, I was working midnight shifts. So it was like 1030 at night until like eight in the morning. It was my shift. So I'm kind of getting loopy. I'm out there running a machine and this guy kicks the door in and he's got muck boots on and he's all frazzled. He's like, you. And I'm like, yeah, what do you need? He's like, there's been an explosion in the chili room. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, come with me. So I go down there. They throw me in like an Oompa Loompa suit. Like you zip up with the hood. You got the huge yellow gloves on the, the muck boots. They give me a shovel and they're like, just try not to breathe out of your nose. And I was like, what's that supposed to mean? And they kick the door open. And have you ever seen those huge propane tanks that they're like the big white ones that are big and circular cylindrical yep. and there's a little cap yep. on the top. We had six of those in this production facility full of Hormel chili and they, they cook for about six hours or so. And then the, the, the technician's supposed to shut the oven off <laughs> while the guy had fallen asleep. Cause you know, it's the middle of the night and, and it exploded and there was burnt lava chili exploding everywhere, like pouring all over the floor. And it was a stunk like crazy. So anyway, I'm helping all these guys that are in there and they're all frantically running around with shovels, trying to put it in trash cans to get it out of there. So it was about three o'clock in the morning and I'm like knee deep in burnt chili, just shoveling this crap in it. And I'm just like, God, I just, I don't know when to do this for the rest of my life. Like I really, I, there's something better out there for me to do. Like I, and so then I was like, man, I'm going to like really try to find what that is in the next couple of years. Cause I don't want to be doing this crap anymore. So I was like, um, I just looked up in the sky. I'm like, I'm never going back here again. Like this is done, you know? And I just remember all the managers at the end of the summer were like, now all you, all you college help kids. And when you guys graduate, if you want to come back and work here again, like we'll put a good word in for you. I'm like, you're never seeing me again. <laughs> so I went back to college, did all my homework. I never missed a class, graduated. And were you now like a freshman at that point. I was a freshman in college. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. And what, what did you take up in college? So I, I graduated with a degree in business management with a minor in sociology. Um, I wasn't so a devil major. Video. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. funny thing was, like, three years later, I was doing my own video stuff, and the college hired me to shoot their, like, new campaign promo. And it's like, I was in the film production building, and all the teachers like, you used to go here? I'm like, yeah, like, three years ago. Like, we've never seen you in a class. How'd you learn how to shoot videos? I'm like, YouTube, man. Like, <laughs> Like I, if I had to do it again, I'd do it the same way. Cause like the business knowledge that I learned and just being in that agency world for the years that I was like, that is so much more valuable to me than just the having, I know friends and stuff that have gone to film school, but they don't know anything about how to run a business. And it's like, there's such different skills you have to be able to mesh them together. So. Yeah. I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home, so I've been exposed to entrepreneurship. Um, I've learned most of what I know off of YouTube, right? I call it YouTube University. People say, oh, you know, where'd you learn to do it? YouTube University. But uh, when it comes to sales and marketing, it's like, you, there are so many creatives uh, and, the, and the creative space gets more saturated by the day. So it's like one way to stand apart is mastering networking and marketing mm -hmm. and sales. And so um, what does your sales process look like when someone inquires with you, say on Instagram or TikTok or your website? What does that look like? Sure. Yeah. So I, I actually boil this down to like, I did a whole bunch, the helpful thing about knowing what I wanted to do is like, I want to systematize my business at some point so other people can do these steps for me. So I have kind of a 16 step business process that I do. I won't go into the whole process because it's like too much information, but basically somebody will reach out no matter where they reach out. I always send them to my website, uh, to the contact page. So then they go into my form system. So I use a CRM called Studio Ninja that um, processes everything. It's like HoneyBook or any of the other ones out there that you can intake leads, manage everything. Cause there was a time when, um, 
I had just a bunch of emails that got just drowned or there's like stuff on social media where it's like, oh crap, I had like a really good lead that I just never followed up with. So I always send everybody to my website and they fill out a form, then have an autoresponder email and there's a whole workflow put together of like, there's an intake form, they send questionnaires, there's follow-up emails, all the different stuff. But I typically do a two, two-step sales process. So I'll do a discovery meeting where I'll hop on a call with somebody, usually video chat like this. And I just talk, and I don't even talk that much. I just ask a million questions like, what's your business like? What are your problems? What are your headaches? If you'd snap your fingers and solve these problems, how would it be done? That type of thing. What's success look like? And really just ask a million questions. Um, then I kind of go back to the drawing board, put together a proposal. Usually it's um, a Canva pitch deck because I prefer Canva compared to all these other tools out there. Put together a quick uh, pitch deck. And then I also put together a quote and kind of pricing and scope for what it looks like. And then I'll come back and we'll do a pitch call where I do most of the talking and kind of discuss my solution to the problem, how I think I can solve it. And then they make a decision. So that's typically typically the sales process. There's you know follow-ups that go on with email and stuff like that, but that's typically how it goes. Um, and the funny thing is I every time I meet up with my family, I'll talk, well, hey, how's business going? I was like, oh, I'm like kind of drowning in it, like trying to hire someone this next year to get, kind of help me. And they're like, every time they're always like, how are you getting business? Like everyone's always curious about that. They're like, how do people even like find you? And I'm like, well, for me, it's LinkedIn's a really big source of in incoming is just like my LinkedIn network. All the people that have followed me for five years that I don't even know personally, but they like, I call them the LinkedIn lurkers. They're like always on the newsfeed watching my stuff. They don't like anything. They don't comment. But then after five years, they'll message me and be like, I've been watching your stuff for years. Like, well, let's talk about it because video makes sense right now for us. So LinkedIn's a huge source for me. And then Google search as well, because um, help it helped working in a marketing agency because I knew how to rank my website for certain search terms. So I just applied that to my own business and um, get a lot of inbound from out of town people that are looking for local shooters and stuff like that here in town. So very cool. Sounds like you're in a great spot. Um, did you move into a studio space recently? Yeah. So just closed on a three-year lease for a space. My wife and I are finishing up renovations here in the next couple of weeks, um, cool. getting internet installed and stuff like that. So it's about 650 square feet. So not a super huge place, but one of the big features that I wanted to include in that was a video podcast studio because that's a huge trend with a lot of my um, clients right now is I do a virtual or I do a remote podcast for them once a week for one of my clients specifically. I got to pack up all my gear, drive to them. We set up their office, get it all set up 45 minutes later then tear it all down. It's like, mm -hmm. so basically in this new space, we'll have a completely soundproofed room. We'll have a three camera set up. The clients can come in, sit down, record a podcast, put their logo on the TV, on the back wall get up and leave. And then I'm, I'm in my own space and I can do it from there. So really, really excited about that. Yeah. I've done a lot of podcasting, uh, remotely and, uh, in person and just the idea of kind of pack again and set up again and, oh, did I forget this little thing? And, you know, so that's, it's frustrating. So that's awesome that you're set up that space. And, and I think as we think about podcasting, I think I, lately I've been telling prospects that like, maybe it doesn't even need to be a podcast. Maybe it's just a conversation like this where it gets put on YouTube, but you're mainly using it for micro content, right? Um, because the, like for someone who a doesn't like being on camera two doesn't like their voice committing to a podcast, it's like, I don't want to be that. But if they start with just a conversation and then they see the results of the micro content that follows, it's great to have a space like that to say, come in and you know, have that conversation. And one of the short videos I did recently, I was talking about that, like, you know, sit down with someone who's like a referral partner in your business or, or a colleague or something, have a conversation, talk market trends. And then now you have relevant content for your audience for, you know, four weeks. Um, Absolutely. So, 
It's more no, huge, huge fan of podcasts. I know for me, I always recommend like, I just got invited on a podcast with another colleague similar to this. And he was, he referred me to what he had and he just put it on his YouTube channel. And I'm like, do you even have the audio put on like a, a, a podcast? And he's like, yeah, well, no. And I'm like, dude, like, that's what a podcast is. Like, that's how you're going to get most of your listeners. So I sent him over this thing that I would send my podcast clients. It's like, we're going to record multi-cam. We're going to do a YouTube video. We'll rip out like four to six social media micro posts. We've got the audio for the for the podcast. We can transcribe the whole conversation, turn it into a blog. And now you've got like 12 things you can share every week from that one one hour conversation. So that's exactly. like podcasts are kind of a hack that way. I, I love like how to do that for clients because it's like people don't want to have to have you show up every three days and take six hours every day to record videos. Like that's just not feasible for most people to do. So absolutely. So uh, right now you are moving into that studio space. Where do you see yourself? I don't know, in the next few years, where do you see uh, your like business focus, micro content, podcasting, what else? Sure, sure. Yeah. So kind of the, the niches that I focus on here in, in Iowa is really corporate and fitness. Those are kind of the two. I know you, you mentioned you do a lot of work in restaurants. Kind of the thing I'm known in in the industry is is fitness specifically because I've shot a lot for you know sports brands, supplement companies, gyms, that type of thing. Um but really kind of where I see myself as having really a good roster of people that I shoot with on a recurring basis, um, having more retainer clients. I, I could see like five to 10 solid retainers and then filling in with project work. But in terms of uh, where I see the business, I definitely see myself having a studio and kind of a, anywhere between three to five uh, full-time employees. So I really am really interested in the process of getting shooters and editors that are doing all the actual production for me so I can run sales meetings, grow the business, and then ultimately hire a producer to do onboarding. So I basically like close a deal, hand them off to my producer, account manager. And I don't, I mean, I touch in on the project, but I move on to the next thing and I can do more things because I have all these other things I want to do, like write a book. I want to start a whiskey brand. Um, I want to start doing real estate investing, like all these crazy things that have nothing to do with video production. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like the anti-creative, like I, I am very competent in it, but that's not where I get the joy. It's like, starting and growing the business is really what makes me excited and giving, putting my friends on and giving them a chance, you know, like taking them on projects and they don't know how to close deals, but they know how to shoot and they want to just do that. And I'm like, sweet, let me like close the deal and I can give you a project that you can kind of scratch that creative itch. And it, you know, it's, it's given them an opportunity to, to create an income too. So I kind of just love all that stuff. Yeah. We, we had a handful of shoots last year between weddings and corporate where I was just hiring friends um, who are creative and who are capable. And it was almost one of those, like, you know, pinch myself. Like, this is like a dream. Like I'm getting paid well to go and create stuff with my friends. And then we go out to eat and have fun. Like it's, I don't know. It's just like, it's a, it's a tremendous blessing for me. I love doing it. And when I don't love shooting, I don't want to shoot anymore. And like, when I don't love editing, I don't want to edit anymore. I want to continue to hone in on like what I enjoy and what makes me happy. Uh, Cause I never want to be like the miserable person, right. In the office or on the team. So um, I, I definitely want to get to that level as well, where we're, you know, I'm focused more on sales and, you know, having more hands on. So uh, sure. it's often what, where do you see you like in, in your side of things yeah. similar or something different? Yeah, no, similar, similar approach. Um, we're working on renting a studio space as well. Um, podcasting and photography. I'm doing more headshots. So I, I, I shoot photos and video, um, headshot sessions to me, they're easy. Everyone needs them. It's a good foot in the door with corporate people. Um, and so like, it's a, we had, we had one company that we did headshots for, we did like 25 headshots in their office. And now it's like turning into a retainer relationship and they're starting to introduce video content. So for me, 
if you are a photographer and you shoot video, one way in the corporate context is headshot photography and portraits because uh, it's just an easy intro. Um, so that's been good. So for me, I'm working on uh, retainer clients. Um, hospitality is cool. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know about you, but I love watching documentaries on Netflix. Storytelling is just like amazing. So on occasion, I'll, I'll kind of DP documentary stuff, you know, a day here, two days here, uh, maybe even if it's like travel involved. Um, so I don't mind being a DP. Um, so a little bit of freelance DP stuff. Maybe I'll work for another creative agency if they need someone, um, or like an education institute that needs someone. Um, so that would be like my project work and then, you know, retainer stuff at, just like you for, for the bulk of everything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool to see podcasting kind of become what it is. And I'm just trying to navigate, you know, the, the waves of social with everyone making these short videos and uh like even with instagram it's like all right they're they're scaling back on reels now and they're giving more love to photos so what is i don't know what is the future of that micro content look like is what i've been kind of considering sure um, no i love but, it uh, yeah man it's uh it's good to chat with you um how many members do you have in your facebook group? yeah so started the facebook group in 2016 or 17 something like that it's and i think we have off. 94,000 in there right now. Um, we have probably three to 400 people apply a day and I have me and myself and I have 10, 10 other mods that are in there that help me kind of ask how many mods do you have? Yeah, we have 10 that are, it's all voluntary stuff. Um, but we have, we just, it's a lot of just Asian bots that come through that it's like, we have, it's a closed group. So you have to request to join. And the questions are, what do you want to get? What do you want to give? And are you a videographer? And all the, all the answers are like, thanks admin thank you love you admin and it's like the same it's like robots just applying to get in this group so that's why we have to screen them but um we we had over a hundred thousand at one point and it would just it was like the least favorite group of all the videographer groups at the point because there were just so much spam and crap so we kind of deleted a bunch of people kicked a bunch out and we've kind of been settled in at about ninety four thousand. but that i mean you talk about like something I never expected to get as big as it was. I mean, it's the biggest videographer group on Facebook. It's, it's wild, dude. Some of the opportunities that have come my way, like sponsorship deals and YouTube stuff and speaking engagements and all this stuff from just like starting a group. Everyone's like, how do I do that? And I'm like, well, you have seven years to <laughs> yeah. plant the seeds and let it grow. <laughs> so. And, and I mean, a Facebook group is a perfect funnel if you're selling anything, right? So you, do you have a course now? I do. Yeah. So I have two, two online courses that are more flagship programs and then I have a mini course that uh, teaches Facebook ads so people can learn how to do it as a creative, like how to run your own Facebook ads. So, uh, one is called solo video pro started that program years ago. It used to be called the start and scale videography business course. So talk about a mouthful, uh, rebranded it, took some more education opportunities and learned how to actually build funnels, do the whole thing. Um, so did that. And then um, in 2020, I was approached by a group that wanted to start. They they knew I was really known for uh, fitness videography. So we started a six-figure fitness filmmaker. Um, so there's about 70 lessons in there showing you how to sell script, um, edit, and market fitness videos specifically and how to build a whole business around that because that's really what, what my company is known for. So recently split from that partnership, but I have all the IP. So I'm transitioning all my courses onto a new platform right now and starting that whole uh, behemoth of a challenge of like rebuilding funnels and websites and all the lead magnets and stuff like that. But even my YouTube channel, um, I have a lot of really popular videos that have ranked for things that I get anywhere from 15 to 30 new leads every week. And it's all automated from all these lead funnels that I built and all these videos that I put out over the years. So 
that's really how I'm getting all my inbound um, interest from like other creatives and people. I'm just giving a ton of value. And like I said, plant the seeds, water it, and just leave it for years. And, and it's still producing leads to this day, which is really cool. So fantastic, man. That's tremendous. Um, you know, everything today is, you know, passive income, this passive income, that having a course is one awesome way to, to kind of tap into that, but it does take work. And uh, Absolutely. yeah, I hate the word passive though. Cause it's like, people think it's, it's you can somewhat just get in. Yeah. When once it's built, like, yes, there it's semi-passive. Like I, two days ago, I had just an email in the middle of the night since somebody purchased my course. It's like, that's really cool. But the amount of upkeep, there's a lot more to it than uh, people want to realize. And if you want to scale a course, you have to learn how to run ads and figure out your customer acquisition costs and webinar funnels, all the stuff. I mean, I've done all these things, but it's just like people, people just hear the great stories of like, my course does $18 million a year. And if you buy my course on how to sell courses, then you'll learn how to do it. It's like, right. I mean, I've, I've started three of my own. I've started two for clients. It's almost always harder than everyone thinks. So it's definitely, yeah, cool. it's, it's, it's a business in and of itself. Cause I have friends who are like, Hey, why don't you do an online course? And I'm like, yeah, like I can do it. Like I've done, I've done one, uh, I think it was like wedding leads on command, um, which was like a 20 minute me talking to camera with like 12 bullet points of how to kind of do that, which was cool. And I, 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 I did like a uh, pre, not a pre-sale, but um, comes like a, a beta group. And like, I, I got a bunch of sales immediately and I closed the group and I was like, wow, I could probably do this. And then like, it takes work. You got to take those testimonials, you got to run those ads, you got to do all these things. And then you got to, you know, continue to add to that or have a Facebook group to manage that conversation around that course. So it's, uh, it's definitely not passive, but uh, it's what? still a, a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Well, I think if, if it fits well with your current funnel, like a good example of like what we do, like we create videos. So if someone doesn't want to commit to doing a large scale production, it's like, how could I create education that would lead them to then naturally, like you said, with the headshot thing, come in for headshots. Hey, that looks good. Hey, let's shoot a promo video. Hey, we've done five or six of these. Maybe we should just get you on retainer. And it's like, that's what's led us to this ultimate desire for as a creator. So I think that really makes a lot of sense if you have education that you can do that will lead people to that. But my business is kind of split off where like I have the helping other videographers audience on like how to use, how to understand the business side. And then I have like my commercial projects and they're kind of like separated, but then there's me in the middle, like putting out content about both and it gets, it kind of muddles it a little bit. But I always say like, if you're trying to do something like that, like a, a course makes a lot of sense. Cause it's like, if you're a brick and mortar business, you can't scale unless you, hire more employees, get a new location, do all these things. That was one of my clients I worked with to build a course out was he was a massage therapist that specialized in sports and athletes. And he's worked with like Dwight Howard and like the Team USA and all these crazy things. So he's very reputable, but he doesn't want to open up six or seven clinics and have to have all the payroll and do all that stuff. He wants the freedom and flexibility. So I'm like, well, I'm sure other sports massage therapists would like to get into your niche. Like, could we create a course and you could sell this to other people because he puts out a lot of free content already. And that was one of the ways we went about it was we created a, a, a massage therapy course for sports therapists. And it's like, that's one way it's, it's a, it's a solution, but not the right solution for everybody. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, talk about more locations, employees, payroll, if you can go digital it, you still have an influence on a, a larger market. Um, so that's awesome. Well, I guess price range what do those kind of things cost how many videos was it for, for that course um do you run the ads for his course how does that kind of work out sure for that specific example um i want to say we were doing it was like fifteen hundred dollars a month for a year so it ended up working out to like nine thousand ten thousand whatever it was it was like somewhere in that range um but it was like 
everything from ideation, naming the course. I sourced all the art for it. We went and shot like six or seven days in his um, facility and got like live demos and we did talking head stuff. We put the whole curriculum together and then it turned into kind of the launch sequence. And then once like, once we launched it, I kind of sunsetted it. So then it's like, I'll basically help you build the entire thing, productize it, get you set up on Kajabi, get everything built in, do the launch drip emails, and then help you with the social media blast. And then once you're off to the races, it's up to you to kind of upkeep things. But then naturally it's like, we should probably shoot more lessons. Everyone's asking for a new webinar. It's like you have kind of built in clients if they have success with it. But I, that's kind of the, the problem that I've had with a lot of my clients is that I'll help, I'll tell them exactly what to do, give them the, the blueprint. They just don't do it. It's like, yeah, oh, it's really okay. tough to like, yeah, to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to experience that now. Uh, where we're handing out videos and it's just like, you haven't posted it to your website yet. You haven't put it in your email. You haven't like, you have to make the video work. So, yeah. um, yeah, just kind of trying to navigate that on my end with clients and stuff. And, uh, I'm, I'm at that realization where it's like, in my proposal, like we will work the video for you. We'll take over social, we'll post stories frequently and those kind of things because people won't do it, you know? Sure. Sure. Well, I have, I do a lot of stuff too with, like I said, social teasers, but I almost always do a B-roll loop. If I do a promo video for a client to put a little kind of the B-roll montage of what we already shot. So then when people hit their homepage, they get a nice little professional video. 99% of the people don't post it. I'm like, I had to go through and like put that together for you. Granted, it didn't take a ton of time, but I'm like, that's going to hit so much harder when people hit your website than like this stock image of some lady putting her thumb up, like, woo, like put in the video of that stuff. But a lot of them, again, they need the step-by-step. So anymore, I've been like, who's your web developer? Who built your website? Can I send this to them so they can actually do it? So a lot of it's just like more done with you type stuff instead of just here's a Google Drive folder, have fun. It's like, if I can teach them how to actually use it, they'll get better results. They'll be happier more people will see my work, which will get me more work. They're going to have more success because they're using the video and getting them more sales. Like everybody benefits if they just do what they're supposed to do with it. Yeah. I love that idea of like, Hey, who's your developer? I, I asked that recently too. Like who runs your website? Cause that's that I'm at that point as well, where it's just like, all right, we have to integrate this. Uh, yep. It's like non, it's non-negotiable. You're paying me for a service and to provide something, but I want to like make sure that it's going to be integrated. So you see at least that you know, people are going to land on that video and the view counts go up and those kind of things. So absolutely. Um, well, and I have, I have another client of mine that they're, um, they're a gym in Oklahoma and I'm coming up on their second round of shooting with them. And they heard me speak at a, at a fitness conference about how to use your, how to do marketing and do video. Right. And we came in and did what I call a media week. So I came in with myself and a second shooter for four days and we shot 27 long form videos while we were there. Uh, went to all their locations across the state of Oklahoma, Arkansas, and basically when we were done, they ended up getting, I can't remember how many assets. It was like 60 or 70 assets they could share. And they had six to 12 months of content they could share on social media. So it was like, that's a really good way of like blitzing it for me. Cause I'm like, I don't want to keep going to Oklahoma every week. I live in Iowa. <laughs> I'm not yeah. traveling every week to shoot for these folks. So like, yeah, that's another way that it's like, if you can get a really strategic with the pre-planning and then you can charge accordingly because you're getting six months of content and put a price tag on that for a, a gym chain that has 12 locations. It's like you can charge a pretty penny for stuff like that if you can figure out the right way to make it work for their business. So, Beautiful, man. Brian, I appreciate your time. Um, I want to do this again eventually. And uh, if you could, just let us know where we can find you. Uh, talk about the Facebook group, your LinkedIn, your website. Sure. Yeah. I would say for, for, for professional connections, feel free to find me on LinkedIn. I post a lot on there. It's 
all things marketing, video production, stuff like that. Just search my name. Um, if you want to check out the Facebook group, feel free to request. It might take a couple of days to get it. But uh, if you're looking for videographers around the country, if you are a videographer and just want to connect with other people, it's the Freelance Videographer Community on Facebook. Um, I'll give Ben a link so you can stick that in the show notes. And then um, other best places would just be probably my website, just be ryansnod.com. You can see all all my business ventures, all the different courses that I'm doing. If you have any questions about those things, you can probably find more about it on there. So, Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. I'll, uh, I'll link everything in the show notes. Thanks, you guys, for watching and listening. Uh, drop a like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you guys on the next one.